Talking benefits. 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 Talking. Talking. Talking benefits. You're listening to Talking Benefits, the podcast brought to you by the International Foundation of Employee Benefit Plans. Every month, we dive into retirement, healthcare, hot topics and trends, and whatever else the benefits industry throws at us. I'm Justin Held. I'm Julie Stick. I'm Ann Patterson. Let's talk benefits. Hi, Talking Benefits listeners, Ann Patterson here. In early April, the International Foundation hosted a webcast on innovation and the future of remote slash hybrid work. We were lucky enough to bring in Alex Willis, Chief Executive Officer at Leadership Surge LLC out of Chicago. He challenged us to change the way we think about remote and hybrid work. By understanding what drives and motivates ourselves and each other, we can create dynamic and effective work teams that are successful in whatever the future means for our organizations. So just a quick background on Alex. As I mentioned, Alex is the founder and chief executive officer of Leadership Surge, and he founded his organization based on the belief that a great culture is built to last when every member of the team embraces winning values, behaviors, and practices. And as you'll quickly learn, Alex is a dynamic speaker, motivator, and innovator of corporate and frontline change management programming. And he honed his unique perspective during his college and professional career in football at the University of Florida and with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, I am so excited because Alex is back. He's answering all of our burning questions about the future of work, returning to the office, and how to prepare and innovate for whatever is coming next. Alex, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. And I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Super, super excited just jump into this topic because it's, it's a burning topic that, you know, some people are excited, some people are nervous. And, uh, you know, it's something that we have to just kind of tackle this challenge together. Absolutely. So let's get started, Alex. As you said, lots of important questions on this topic. So starting out, what suggestions do you have for employees who are struggling with returning to the office? This can kind of go on both sides. So introverts who have become very accustomed to working at home, who suddenly have to engage on a regular basis, or on the other end, you know, the extroverts who work remotely, how can they get energy from their colleagues? And then those people who are struggling just working from home, all ends, what are your suggestions? Well, number one, I think we have to go back to just the basics. Uh, and to be honest with you, when you think football, you, you win by just doing the basic things, right? The blocking and the tackling. And it's the same thing in the work world. So I'm challenging a lot of our people to be open and honest. And when they come in, to be honest, hey, if I'm an introvert, say, hey, listen, I'm I'm adjusting my way back here, but understand I'm going to need my space at times. At times, I'm going to want to go into my office and close my office, you know, and just being totally transparent and really, really laying the clear groundwork of who I am, uh, what to expect from me, and don't just force me in a box, right? So if we're willing to have those hard, challenging conversations up front, all of a sudden we can really begin to build a respectful workplace and environment because we understand each other and who we are, and we're able to give each other space, we're able to have empathy and compassion for each other, understanding where we are as individuals. And so I challenge all of my teams as they're coming back to start out with meetings up front. Don't wait until problems happen, right? A lot of times we come back and we try to act as if uh, nothing has gone wrong over the last several years and we're just going to go back to business as usual. And that's not necessarily the case. These are things that we need to talk about in our meetings when we originally come back and really allow people to be themselves and express how they're feeling, what they need space, no space, friends, and just kind of really create that environment, right? And then 
oftentimes frequently check on each other. I, I like to call it the MEPS meeting. Uh, and the MEPS mean, you know, it, it's kind of saying, hey, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, how am I doing today? Right. So just doing a quick little two minute check in with each other, it'll allow you to know, hey, listen, uh, maybe this extrovert needs some people in their life today because of where they are. Hey, maybe this introvert needs some time by themselves. So, hey, listen, I am not going to be offended that they want to stay in their own cubby today because I understand where they are. So being clear helps us a ton. That's perfect, Alex. And not taking that personally, it's it's on their end and, and what they might be feeling. So becoming comfortable with those conversations. Yes. Alex, what suggestions do you have for employers who are finding it challenging to get their employees excited about returning to the office in the first place? That's a tough, you know, because after you've worked from home, right, you, you've kind of been able to have your Zoom attire on all day, which is just de de definitely challenging. Now you have to get up and deal with the traffic and those kinds of things. Well, I, I challenge our employers to really make it engaging, to find ways to uh, motivate our, our, our teams by having events. So lunchings, right, bringing people together, those kinds of things and making it optional, but but still having those kind of events, right? Uh, finding ways to uh, allow them to connect and, and maybe it's readjusting the way the office is set up, right? So those kinds of things help so that you can have, you know, ways that they can kind of go in different rooms, different areas and collaborate. So showing them that we have this flexibility now to be able to do this and then just giving them the freedom to move at their own pace, right? Although they're coming back, giving them that freedom, say, hey, listen, we want you here. Uh, we want you here in the office, but we're going to let you have the freedom to do that kind of at your own pace and understand that we're not going to force you necessarily five days a week, right? So just kind of slow rolling into that can help sometimes, giving them the option to say, hey, listen, we're going to slowly do this two days, three days, uh, you know, and, and then we'll build our way back up to that versus just kind of force feeding employees that way has been very, very challenging, to be honest with you. Those are great suggestions. All right, Alex, any ideas for employers like those in retail or manufacturing who have chosen the most flexible path for those working on quote unquote office teams so they can have those employees choose where they work, but then other parts of their businesses must work on site and those employees are struggling sort of with that fairness perception. That's very, very tough. And, and, and I, I tell teams and employers and employees that Truth be told, life is not fair. I hate to say it like that, Ann, but it's, it's just being honest. Life isn't fair. And so giving them the option to understand where they are right now is important. But then secondly, giving them an option to say, hey, listen, maybe there's another career path that you may want here. And, and, and understand there's options that can get you to that career path that may offer you that flexibility and freedom. But where you are right now, because it's a, it, it, the position requires this, it doesn't offer that. And so really being very, very clear with that. And, and then, but at the same time, giving them the option to say, hey, listen, maybe we can grow you into this other position if that's something that you would like to do. But understand with that, here are the other responsibilities that come with this kind of position. So giving them that option, I, what I've learned is that employees like options. And even though I may be forced with my position to come into work, if you've given me an option to say, hey, listen, over the next year and a half, if I develop myself, I could do something different. Well, you've put the ball back into my court. You haven't necessarily pinned me into a corner, but you've given me the choice to be able to say, hey, listen, okay, I like that. I want to do that. I'm going to move toward that. So it's kind of that career path conversation that you're having as well at the same time, saying at certain levels in your career, here's what's going to be required of you, and here's how you have to do that. 
That's perfect. So along those lines, kind of still on this concept, how do you keep the whole, we're all on the same team concept when you have the varying perceptions of fairness? Great question there, Ange. So I bring it back to the football team perspective, right? And so you think about it, you know, everyone doesn't get a chance to score touchdowns, right? Everyone doesn't get the chance to have the glory and the crowd scream their name out, but everyone's important and needed on the team. And so what I challenge our executives and our senior leaders to do is they have to really begin to analyze the positions on their team, right? And say, hey, listen, how can we honor? How can we appreciate? How can we show appreciation for this position? And really what I've challenged a lot of our senior leaders to do is go through and really begin to write a game plan for each position. Hey, if it's an office position, hey, if this is a sales position, if this is an administrative assistant, what does it look like to show them appreciation and to show them value? And you'll be amazed uh, at what that's like. You know, it's not necessarily always having uh, flexibility to work from home. And by doing that, you begin to show different ways of appreciation to different positions that they value and that they love and enjoy, still showing that we're all a part of a team, even though we don't have the capabilities of all working from home. Sure, that makes sense. Switching gears a bit, what do employers need to do to prepare for the next thing? So many employers rewrote their playbooks on the fly during the pandemic. Some thrived, some did not. How can employers be better prepared and be an employer of choice? So one of the things that we're challenging our employers to do is, number one, understand a way to uh, hold people accountable, even though they're working hybrid, right? Uh, Finding ways, because one thing we didn't do really, really well was talk about how we're going to hold people accountable when we don't see them. And so a lot of times the trust factor isn't there uh, because we just don't know. So really beginning to put systems in place to say, okay, because we see this isn't going anywhere, we have to find ways to hold each other accountable, even though we may not see each other. The second thing is very, really clearly having um, expectations set in stone. If it's the same way we do that in the office, we need to do that with, with those who are working from home or hybrid as well. Just having very, very clear expectations of what it means of response times, what it means to, uh, to engage in meetings, how we do that. The next piece is really talking about employee engagement. How do we engage and make sure we're staying really, really engaged uh, regardless of how you're working? That's one of the things because we were doing this on the fly. We didn't necessarily think about the engagement piece of this and how we're going to keep people engaged when we're not seeing them. And then the ultimate piece, though, and which is very, very challenging, is how the heck do we keep the culture of the company when we have people all over the place, right? So really beginning to analyze that and say, hey, listen, what is our culture, number one? And, and a lot of times it's it, it, in the past, we've kind of had it written on walls and it's just kind of, you know, the values on the wall. But really now employers have to really live that out and how we run our meetings. Hey, how are we making sure our culture and our values bleed over into everything we do in the Zoom calls? What is that like? You know, into one-on-one meetings, uh, into when, when, when we come into the office. And so making sure that that spills all the way out so that no matter where someone is, it still looks like your company, it still looks the same and consistent. And now we kind of have this opportunity to take a step back and tweak what we've learned and make it even better for whatever the next big shift is, whether that's organizationally or within the the larger community. 100%. And I'll throw one other thing out that I really will challenge our employers to do, which is to um, have maybe quarterly meetings to just, and you know, you don't have to have a lot of time here, but you know, maybe 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes in a meeting to say, what if? 
what if this happened? What would we do? How will we respond? Right? Because after the pandemic, you know, it really threw something at us. And like you said, we were challenged on the fly. But to just kind of have those scenarios, and I say that this because that's one thing that we do in football frequently. Well, what if they run this kind of defense? You know, you maybe you've never seen it before in your life. Well, what if they do that? What are you going to do? And so you're having your team think about ways and what could be done if something popped up. And so I want to challenge our employers to start having those conversations to just say, listen, we shouldn't have to wait until a crisis to come in play to have crisis management principles in place to say, hey, well, hey, here's what we would do in this situation. And understand it won't be ideal to the T, but you'll have some sense of thought around it and your team would have had some kind of conversations so it'll be easier and quicker to put into play. I think that should be the next thing on everybody's wall is the what if instead of the yes, what the if, what if, and yes. Thanks, Alex. We're going to take a quick break. If you missed Alex's early April webcast, head out to ifevp.org slash webcast and catch the recording there. Did you know that International Foundation members get webcasts for free? It's one of the many membership perks in place for Foundation members, along with free personalized research, an online members-only community to ask and answer questions, plus discounts, benchmarking reports, and more. Visit ifebp.org slash membership to get started if you're not a member already, or to be reminded of your benefits in place if you are a current member. Thanks. So Alex, how can employers in more mature industries become more innovative? That's a good one. So so a few things that they can do, and I'm actually working with a company right now on this exact initiative, right? So one thing is to change up the perspective of what it looks like to work for them. A lot of times companies who are are more mature companies, they kind of have a cookie cutter of what it looks like to work for them, where they come from, backgrounds, degrees, what their experience should be. And what we find is you're going to get more of the same if you do that. But really being willing to go outside of your comfort zone and say, well, wait a minute, we just want good people. Wherever they come from, whatever age, whatever walk of life, it doesn't matter. We can train them to to do the job. That's where we get these great innovative ideas when we really begin to get people from outside of the norm, right? It's, it's called, it's a, cra- a cool book and called the Medici effect. And basically the Medici effect is finding all of these things that typically you wouldn't think they go together. But when you get them together, you begin to create something brand new because you have these aha moments because you brought all these different parts and moving parts together. And so if we begin to do that with age, if we begin to do that with different industries, finding great people, these mature companies and bringing them in, they can really begin to create these Medici effect kind of things within their companies to create innovative new things, these aha moments that they may not have found because they've kind of stayed to this traditional tried and true pattern. That's an awesome suggestion. So one more question for you, Alex, it is definitely an employee's market. We're hearing that all over. What's the best thing employers can do to retain employees in this new work environment? That is a toughie and, and I'm, I'm right now I'm on a construction job site and if anywhere there's an employees market, it is, it is in construction, right? Yes. Everywhere because of money, because of dollars and all those old things of that nature there. Well, well, here's, here's the biggest thing that I think employers can do, which is create a phenomenal work environment, right? Because truth be told, we're going to spend about 70% of our life at work. And what we found is that over money, if I can have a phenomenal work environment, which it includes me, 
I feel as though I belong. Uh, they respect me. They value me. That's worth more than money, right? If I can have peace of mind and I have freedom to enjoy my work and I enjoy doing what I'm doing, you won't have to have this doggy dog kind of fight for, for people, right? You, we see this all the time. I mean, I'm just going to throw a couple of things out there. Some of the big giants out there, they've created a phenomenal work environment, right? They kind of came in, your Googles, your Facebook, and they kind of thought different. They thought work differently, right? And so hey, how do we make this an environment that people actually want to come to, that they enjoy how they do this? And so if employers are thinking from that standpoint, no matter who you are, if you're a manufacturer, right? If you're a construction company, if you're a tech company, how do we create an environment that still works for us and our people that's enjoyable, that, that, that works for them? And a lot of that, and comes down to just asking them, hey, listen, what would this look like? Uh, instead of me having to guess and guesstimate that, just really pulling a, a focus group together saying, listen, here's what we want to do. We want to create a phenomenal environment in which you feel included. You feel like you belong. What are some things that we can do to make that happen? And then really begin to take their ideas seriously and implement those things. That does a few things. Number one, you'll know exactly what they want. Number two, you'll have some evangelists who will begin to speak and talk among the ranks for you say, no, 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 listen, they, they had a focus group, man. They asked us, what do we want? And, you know, and, and as a result of that, you now have some champions on the front line for you really beginning to voice what the company's trying to do and really begin to get other people to buy into that. So those are some steps that I want to really challenge companies to do. Work on that culture because that trumps money any day when I can have a work environment in which I love, that's stress-free, that gives me the freedom and autonomy to kind of enjoy my job and do my best work. That's great advice. Anything else you'd like to add, Alex, just on the future of work or how employers can prepare in this environment? Well, I'll throw one thing at you, Anne, and that, sure. that is we have to go back to the basics of being human, right? Understanding uh, that we have come through a pandemic together, understanding each other, being more understanding and not so hard and cutthroat, right, from a business standpoint, but being more human and understanding that we all have families and at times we come in and we don't feel our best. And the more we can have those kind of conversations, real conversations, checking on each other, uh, checking on each other from a personal standpoint, understanding that truth be told, uh, there are no such thing as silos. And hey, this is the work me and the home me. No, it's one Alex that shows up to the job. And if I'm having challenges at home, it's going to spill over into the job, right? And so the more we can really begin to check in on those things, understanding that we're here to support each other from that standpoint, employees will give their best effort because they really begin to feel valued and understand that you care about me as well as production, not just production. Awesome. That was a great response and great advice for everyone, employees, employers, just organizations across the board to remember. So Alex, that will wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal work that you're doing and you and your team. And so, hey, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for all that you're doing to make our work environment better, right? Giving tips and tricks on how we can just really begin to create phenomenal work environments so that everyone can be their authentic self and bring their best self to work and enjoy it. Yes. Thank you, Alex. We'll always be following what you're up to, too. And on behalf of my co-hosts, Julie Stick and Justin Held, thank you so much for listening. Talking Benefits will be back in your podcast feeds next month. If you like what you hear, please rate us on iTunes. It helps others find the podcast. And subscribe to the show in your podcast app so that our episodes will automatically appear on your mobile device. 
Talking Benefits is a production of the International Foundation of Employee Benefit Plans, the largest educational association for those working in the benefits industry. If you're into benefits, check out all the International Foundation has to offer at ifvbp.org. Our show is hosted by Julie Stick, Justin Held, and me, Ann Patterson. Produced by Stacey Van Alstyne and edited by Amanda Gilsmer. Today's program is copyrighted in 2022 by the International Foundation of Employee Benefit Plans, all rights reserved. The opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers and not to be used as legal counsel. And that's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs>